the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Happy Friday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We're also available via email, 610K1A.com. The bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. You can reach us on Twitter at bottom line 610 and you can also catch us on Parlor at the Bottom Line 610 and on our free mobile app at Google Play and the iTunes Store. Uh, one thing we did not get to yesterday, Ed, was a poll that we ran on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. You'd start off with that. It, okay. was, it was how long will it take for Seattle to find a new police chief? 12% think it will go to mayoral council oversight. Like when Portland has. Ah. Right. 14% think it'll take less than a year. Okay. 22% thinks it'll take less than six months. Okay. 51% of our respondents said more than a year. Hmm. Yeah. Now, whether that's due to the city just not looking for anybody or not being able to find anybody willing to come to the city of Seattle, I guess, would be the debatable thing. Or maybe a little bit of both. Well, I I think it's going to... I mean, Jenny Durkin said they're not even going to begin a search at this point in time. Um, That makes sense because you still have the unrest. You still have the turmoil. Uh, Who is exactly going to come out and want to jump into that position knowing that you don't even have the ability to guide a department under what's going on. Well, it just plays right into Shama Sawan's hand. Well, certainly. I mean, in essence, it's defunding the police by just simply not uh, not hiring people. And, in fact, I, th- I think I saw something today that uh, in Minneapolis – uh, where the George Floyd incident happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the mayor there is going to deal with that particular issue by simply not uh, hiring as many as 100 open uh, police vacancies right now. The attrition. That's one way that you, you take care of the funding. But 100 slots are going to go unfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a lot. So Now, the other thing that you have, of course, is the looming additional cuts that are going to come next year. So if you are applying for the job as chief of police in Seattle, you don't know what you're going to have to work with yet. You have no idea what the size of the force is going to be. You don't know what resources you're going to have for training, for equipment, for anything like that. You don't know what is going to come down the pike as far as mandates in how your department's going to run. All of that is going to begin with discussions next year. So we're in the middle of August. So tack on four months for the end of the year, September, October, November, December. 
Okay, so you got four months right there that you're not going to have a chief. Then between the haggling and negotiating with the city council and how much money they're going to take away, tack a few more months onto it there. And then by the time you've got that figured out and they decide whether or not they're going to look at taking more money away in 2022, well, maybe you'll be able to put out a, a job on Indeed asking for a police chief for Seattle. But again, we go back to the question, who is going to want to step into that knowing that you are climbing Mount Everest as a police chief? Not to mention something that isn't really talked about a whole lot is aside from the chief, what about the the rank and file officers? How many of them are surveying the landscape right now and saying, as much as I have dedicated myself to the city of Seattle and the people in it, you know, this isn't a great place for me. I'm going to go move somewhere else, probably somewhere else in the Puget Sound. You don't have to uproot your whole family, you know, to say come over here necessarily. But how many how many just regular officers are going to put in their notice because of the situation, the 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 defunding issue uh, the chief bailed or was forced to bail or a little bit of both. If I'm if I'm just a regular rank and file police officer in the Seattle Police Department, I'm seriously thinking about, do I even want to be in this department? I can go protect and serve somewhere that I'm slightly more appreciated. And slightly. Find, well, <laughs> it wouldn't take much because I don't think anybody's, you know, anybody appreciates them there. Five four seven one six ten is the number. Five zero nine five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to join the bottom line, there are there are many I think that do, but they're being shouted down and outshouted um, by those that do not. And so you will have they, they will get some of their wish by what you alluded to, um, officers quitting, putting in for early retirement. Uh, or if they are at retirement age, just walking away now. So you'll have attrition in that regard. They won't fill those spots, so those are budget cuts right there that they could tout that they've cut this amount of money, even though it was officers making the choice instead of it being made for them. Um, I'm sure that there will be cuts to equipment. I'm sure there will be cuts to training, which that will run afoul of the compact agreement but um, with the federal government. But you're talking about real issues when it comes to that fine line of being able to provide safety, security, a presence of law enforcement, and total lawlessness. We all know that numbers matter. And we, in fact, we hear it in the classroom all the time about how much numbers matter. You have one teacher for 25, 30, 35 students. Well, what happens when you have one police officer for 50,000, 75,000, 100,000? What happens when you get to a point that you've got one officer for 5,000 people, 10,000 people? Okay, they've got 700 and some thousand in Seattle, in King County. When you get to 
one officer for 10,000, you don't have much of a police force. You don't have much response time. I mean, your response time's horrid. And then Jenny Durkin was talking about cutting from 911. Yeah. So then you're talking, I mean, th- these are things that are life-saving measures that you're going to cut. I mean, you cut 911, everybody knows how intricate 911 is to to saving a life and getting first responders, be it police, fire, or medics, to a scene. You start cutting their aid, you're going to have an issue. And then you get to the aspect that if it gets to such a degree, not only are you going to lose tourism, you're going to lose residents, you're going to lose businesses, and then what? You're going to tax the homeless people? <laughs> Seriously, that, that's what you're going to have left? Who, who are you going to have left to tax? I mean, the protesters, how many of them don't have jobs? What, are you going to tax them? Well, no, they can squat in an empty apartment building forever because of the rules, because of the laws you've got in Seattle. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Dave from Kelly. What's on your mind, man? Well, you know, when you just think things couldn't get any more crazy, another sunrise happens. Uh, so this thing about the post office, um, I didn't, I, I'm really ready to pull nose hairs out. Uh, for some reason, uh, it's being said now that uh, Trump is disparaging the post office so bad that they can't do their job. And people aren't going to vote. So now he's suppressing votes by bad mouth in the post office. Um, but at the same time, post office puts out a notification saying that they can't deliver that stuff on time and pick it up on time. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the postal system to begin with, just due to my own experience with them. Um, and now the uh, letter carriers union has decided to uh, endorse Biden. That makes me feel even more better. Uh, I'm definitely going to take down all of my pro-Trump stuff because I want my mail picked up and delivered. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate it. Going to take a quick time out, 547-1610. If you would like to get involved in the program, you can also send us an email, 610k1a.com, bottom line page. As Larry did, we'll get to Larry's email when we come back. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. But hey, it's Friday. It's a beautiful day out. We can take solace in that. And we can take solace in the fact that we have fantastic law enforcement that we support in this community. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509 547 1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. The number if you would like to get involved. Going right to the phones. You're up on the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Glenn. What's on your mind, Glenn? So I'm going to support the uh, law enforcement, fire department, first responders, volunteer fire department, volunteer EMTs. And you were talking about, you know, like uh, you've got uh, people close to retirement in the police department, you know, like who are going to leave because of uh, all the shenanigans that's going on. And so when, when 
you've got some of those um, veteran police officers that are going to retire or take an early retirement. They're going to have to um, fill those spots, and there are there are bad pe- uh, police officers out there. You know, like uh, Arizona, California. You know, like uh, who have been fired for their actions, and uh, like what's going to stop them from coming to uh, Washington State or Portland to uh, gain access? You know, for employment with their record. No, that's a good question. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. But there's no guarantee they will replace them. They may no. call, they may lose those jobs by attrition. Yeah, and say that here we've defunded the police further because we're not going to fill these jobs. I think if you well, <laughs> this is a this is a dangerous trek trying to get into the mind of uh, Shama Sawant and some of the other ones. But I'll I'll do my best. I'm going to guess that her and uh, the others on the council that uh, think like her would rather eliminate the position altogether than hire somebody who might be ultra-left-leaning into the police department. Because the, the move all along has been to take money from the police department and redistribute it to mm-hmm. other social programs, i.e. socialism. And so... They, they're not necessarily looking, or she and her comrades aren't necessarily looking no, they don't want for, for, I mean, even if you had, they don't even want to hire Antifa to, you know, to be members of their police department. They don't want anybody in the police department so they can put that money elsewhere uh, for other social programs. Five four seven one six ten is the number. Five zero nine five four seven one six ten. You can email us too. Go to the website six ten kona dot com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. And Larry and Kennewick writes in regards to mail in voting. As I understand it, the usual way of voting in all but nine states, Washington State included, is too dangerous because most of the poll workers are seasoned citizens or otherwise older people, and at risk of contracting the China virus. How is using the post office any different? Have you been to the post office and seen the tellers? The fact is, most of the tellers across the country are very close to retirement, since the front desk clerk is one of the most sought-after and least physical jobs. Usually only the oldest and most senior postal employees, including those with health issues like obesity and diabetes, are doing it. These employees, and as far as those safe ballot boxes all over town, they'll be about as secure as a cash machine during a Democrat rally protest riot. Thanks for the email, Larry. Appreciate it. Uh, touch on that after we go to the phones you're up on the bottom line news radio 610 kona what's your name where are you calling from oh it's that old guy bernie again what's up bernie um well a couple of things um a little note about the post office that something's wrong with that the postal system over the last couple of years i guess since they started sending mail to spokane but we get mail that doesn't even belong in the same city delivered to us it's like they don't look. They just grab something and all this stuff at the nearest mailbox. It's really, really bad at times. But the police system, I don't hear the word anarchy very much. Maybe I don't hear it enough in my opinion. But without police uh, control and, and good police and, and lots of police in some cases, th- there is anarchy and nobody seems to... Uh, want to talk about that or understand it but without 
law enforcement, that's all you got, anarchy. And people don't realize how bad that can really get. Uh, maybe you look at some other countries, you can kind of see it. But to have it here just sounds terrible. That's all. Well, it is. Thank you, Bernie. But, but that's what they want, because people that have never experienced something like that, they have no, uh, they've, they've not been exposed. So they look at the ideal, the ideology of this this wonderful uh, failed experiment by Karl Marx and company, and they have they have no clue as to how it's actually applied because none of them have ever been to a communist country. None of them have ever uh, had to deal with the abject poverty and brutality that comes under socialist regimes. And most of them didn't learn it in school either. Nope. But the but the progression, if you look back in history, uh, the progression in most cases was number one. You get rid of the local law enforcement and until things get so bad that the leader of the city, county, country, whatever the case may be, says, well, we've reached a point. I have no other choice but to bring the military in uh, because we don't have a police department anymore. So now you have gone from a police law enforcement society to a militarized society, which will be met with cheers from the left because something had to be done, even though they created the problem. The other point I wanted to make with Bernie's call about the Postal Service, um, it goes back even before, you know, what Bernie noted. The reason why the post office over the last 20 years has been steadily declining is because revenue has steadily declined because of places like Amazon and and other the you know other services have they've been using other services you know like FedEx, UPS, DHL because it was actually cheaper and they had more control they you know within their contracts to deliver packages that took business away from the US Postal Service and then they had to start making cuts. Well, one of the cuts was, in our area, closing down the Pasco uh, distribution centers. That's why everything goes up to Spokane. When you have cuts in personnel, you're going to get cuts in quality, and that's what Bernie was talking about. One of the other things to go with that is in 2006, Congress mandated that the uh, post office had to fund 75 years' worth of retiree benefits in advance. So far, they've dumped $21 billion into that fund. Yeah, hard so, to operate when you're immediately putting that, mon- you know, that money aside off the top and you're left to operate with whatever's left. Absolutely. But when we come back, we'll touch a little bit on the uh, what could possibly happen or maybe what what is lining up in Seattle that we in the realm of possibility could see take place and what it would mean if it happens before November. More of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. It's Friday afternoon and stick around next hour because the donkey of shame will take its weekly walk as well.
can't get in by phone, give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610KONA, 547-1610, if you would like to get involved in the program. Well, we got an email uh, during the break from Bruce in Kennewick. Bruce writes, uh, I was told when the Pasco Post Office closed that nobody was laid off. Also, Legends is open. I'm gone. I'm gone for the weekend. Good well, luck, good, Bruce. Yeah, good luck, Bruce. <laughs> uh, about the post office, yeah, some people were reassigned. Yeah, they were to to Spokane. To but there were layoffs. There yeah, because they didn't need the mail sorting center anymore. No, no, they 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 did do. Not everybody was absorbed into the Spokane operation. It's mm-hmm. it's still you know, running at lower than what it should be uh, personnel-wise in Spokane. And, I mean, we, we don't have to go down this road, but, I mean, what's the what's the rationale, you know, for me to put a letter in the, in, you know, give it to the post office, have it go all the way up to Spokane just to have it be delivered to my neighbor across the street? You know what I'm saying? Sure. That's that's a you know crazy example, but not so much. I mean, that's but that's what we're faced. That's what we're faced with. And look, we're talking about the post office and the election and everything. Um, you know, there's a lot of lot of stuff going around, uh, and a lot of people are weighing in. Obviously, you know, because it's a very uh, very political issue, but. Um, Kim Wyman, who is the actual Washington Secretary of State, uh, weighed in. I won't read you uh, her entire um, statement. She wrote a letter, but I'll listen to her because she's actually in charge of the elections in Washington State. Uh, Basically, her response was that uh, Washington voters, she said, quote, should rest assured that ballot delivery and return service should continue without significant delays or interruptions this fall. And that's partly because we already have a system in place. Um, you know, the, the post office system in the state of Washington um, already knows what to expect. Now, the volume might be a little bit higher this time around because it is a presidential general election. But four years ago, I don't know that we had a ton of issues. Um, It just goes back to the fact that Washington State has been doing this for a while. Oregon's been doing it for a while. And it's really the other states in in the U.S. that are kind of debating whether or not to throw something together before this election, a system together. And, yeah, it's... It'd probably be kind of scary for people to just, you know, you don't want to just throw a system like that together at the last minute and just call it, well, it's just, you know, it's just absentee ballots on steroids. No, not really. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Chris from Washington. Hi, Chris. What's going on? Hey, uh, so I'm trying to make sense of the statement that uh, came from Kim Wyman versus the letters that the Postal Service has sent out to 48 states making the claim that there's no way they can make these deliveries on time. Uh, was Washington one of the two states that didn't get a letter? Because I heard it was 48 states and two territories that was notified by the Postal Service saying there's no way they could handle 
guarantees that those get picked up and delivered on time. Well, if I remember correctly, Washington and Washington's one of only two states that are total mail-in ballot states. Yeah. So it's not a widespread practice. The other states use absentee ballots, um, which is, yes, part of the mail-in system, but the entire load is not shouldered. Uh, in those other states, the way it is in Washington, is in Oregon's not total mail-in, is it? Or, or I think they are. They are. So it'll be Washington and Oregon that are that are total mail-in states. That's why those two states didn't get uh, the letter because they've been doing it in Washington for about twenty years. So they're familiar with and accustomed to handling because of the way they mail ballots out, how how they're returned, the time frames, and so on and so forth. So they've got a schedule. All these other states are trying to do it on the fly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't just throw this together a couple of months before, um, you know, a presidential general election and not expect there to be issues, you know, especially in states that aren't equipped like most states that don't do mail-in ballots, yeah, they still have the capacity to take in mail-in ballots from, you know, people abroad, right? And, and you know, everybody has an absentee. But, how, you know, in those states, the absentee or mail-in ballots are such a small percentage of the number of ballots that they're used to processing. Whereas in Washington and Oregon, you you have more staff. I mean, you don't have any staff at any polling places, so you can put them all into the sorting and counting mm-hmm. part of the election process, whereas other states can't. So it's it's a big mess, and some would argue that's exactly what some are looking for is a is a colossal mess uh, to sort out. Well, and then a bunch of their heads exploded earlier today. When uh, Anthony Fauci came out and said, I don't see any reason why people can't vote in person. Wear a mask, social distance, you take your time. There's no reason why you can't vote in public. No reason at all people can't go to the polls. If you're high risk or, you know, you, you, you're afraid that if, you know, you could be at a you, maybe a, a higher level of being exposed or contracting, okay, then, then, then vote by mail. But there's no reason people can't vote at the polls. And, oh, the head explosions. All of a sudden now they hate Fauci again. So, Well, I mean, it just – I don't want to go off too far on a tangent. I'll just say this before we go to the next caller is that is the argument by a lot of people. Yeah. If you can wear if you wear a mask and social distance, you should be able to do darn near anything. You can go to Walmart, you can vote. Well, you know, if you have the little footprints on the ground for people to know where to stand and you're wearing masks, you should be able to do look just about anything, right? It's that hypocrisy that that gets the people. It's, yeah, no it's doubt. okay for me to go to Walmart because I need to go to Walmart. Yeah, but church but is I, right out. Right. Not only that, but I have to get a ballot at home to vote. I can't go to the polling place and vote. Come on. Really? If you can go out and do one thing, you can also go vote. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Bird Dog Larry, Benton City. What's up, Larry? Hey, you know, on, on the all mail in ballot thing, you know, there's drop boxes all around town. Uh huh. 
you know, that's that's the way I've done it for the last 15, 20 years. I've never mailed one back through the snail mail. Well, and, and I think that's uh, – I, I think I know – appreciate Thanks the call, the call Larry. Larry. If I remember correctly, um, I could almost say with certainty that local and state election officials during the uh, primary were saying you, you're more than welcome to to mail it in. But as you get closer to Election Day, the best way to to make sure that it gets counted by Election Day is to drop it in a in a drop box. And so they were giving people the option, but encouraging people to do uh, what Larry just said. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Robert from Benton City. Hi, Robert. What's up? Isn't protesting, you know, pretty much allowed and isn't voting pretty much the nation's proper way of protesting good point you can make that argument sure yeah yeah i mean that is one avenue you have to protest is the vote that's right and look not to not to diminish peaceful protesting that is afforded uh as a first amendment uh, under the first amendment freedom of speech you want to march up and down the sidewalk with a sign um you know sharing your feelings about something, then wonderful. Go for it. And yes, voting is a, a um, voting is, is your voice. And what you do with that voice is up to you. You believe me, there have been plenty of elections where people have voted in protest of one candidate, you know, so they voted for another or, you know, or, or some scenario like that. So yeah, people use the voting process as a means of protesting absolutely let's go back to the phones you're up on the bottom line who's this where are you calling from hi guys it's joe joe how are you good fellas listen you know trump's they want to beat up trump about this voting thing but he's absolutely right i think you know i said yesterday we've been doing this a long time and all these other states they can't throw it together and make it work you got to practice on a couple of smaller elections first to get the bugs out so trump's not wrong but if they do this and it goes through and they do all the mail-in balloting and the problems occur, then they're going to blame that on Trump as well because they're going to say he's trying to uh, sway the election and he did this on purpose. So this is a no-win scenario for Trump, and it's absolutely a no-win scenario for the Democrats if they stop and think about it because then people are going to – the common-sense people, and there are common-sense Democrats – not a lot, but they're going to look at it and go, you know, Trump said this all along that this would happen. So how does how is this a win for anybody when everybody is is uh, fight, arguing the same point just from a different angle? I don't understand how they think they can win. Appreciate the call, Joe. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, again, not saying that this is the correct way or or what I think, but get trying again, trying to get into the mind of of you know, somebody like Joe is explaining uh, those within the Democratic Party, you know, they they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this election because they know, number one, it's incredibly important. They need to get back power uh, that Trump took four years ago. But uh, and, and so they'll they'll do whatever it takes Um to do that. They, they're that passionate about that. But by setting it up this way, 
using the pandemic to force mail-in ballots across the country, even in places like what Joe and we were talking about earlier, have little to no experience in handling a volume like that of only mail-in ballots or mostly mail-in ballots, you do, in their mind, it's an it's a win-win situation. Because if if chaos ensues and the election and the results come back and Joe Biden wins, then Trump will fight that because he doesn't think that that was correct. Well, the Democrats will feed off of that. Well, he just didn't want to he didn't want to concede defeat. See, we told you he, did, he if he lost, he wouldn't leave the White House. If Trump wins, especially by a wide margin, then they get to cry foul, too. So rightly or wrongly, they're going to have something to say post-election because of the situation that we're in. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Bill from out of out of, of uh, Clovis. And I, I just, uh, you know, we, we had an election several years ago with our governor, and she lost twice, and the vote counts. And this went on for almost three weeks, and finally they they found enough ballots so that she won. And this happened twice, two two elections. The second one, she won on on, her, on an extra count, but but you know we I hope that we finally understand what was going on. You know I mean they were finding ballots in back of vans and cars and. Every every place imaginable, and and a whole bunch of them came from Skid Row on the recounts, and I'm just I just don't understand why why people in the state of Washington, but you know, the people that haven't lived here and voted, you know, for you know for as long as some of us have, but that you know. It can be fixed. And then I heard the other day that George Soros has several states, owns the, the, the voting machines in several states. So, you know, the whole thing sounds like it's slowly but surely they're trying to figure out how to fix it. Yeah, appreciate the call. Thank you so much. And don't think for a second that uh, Governor Inslee hasn't told the DNC to curry favor, mind you, so he could get a cush uh, position should Joe Biden win. Don't think for a second that he hasn't told the DNC about that Rossi Gregoire incident. And maybe that's a tactic that the DNC wants to use not to force a recount, a national recount per se. But, you know, if everybody's mail in ballots, uh, you know, instead of declaring a winner that night was what we usually do, even if it's really late that night, it buys them more time, potentially, to quote-unquote find more boxes of ballots in various states. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can email us, too, by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Back with more after this. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline 509 547 1610. 
Bottom line is Radio 610 KONA Roof Max. Get a hold of them today to extend the life of your current roof, 5, 10, or 15 years. And you can do that by utilizing the state-of-the-art application that was developed at Patel Labs and at Ohio State University. Now, RoofMax is locally owned and operated. They'll come out. They'll give you a free estimate. They'll take a look at your roof. May even be able to take care of some small fixes that need to be done as well before putting that application down. And the best part, it is 15 to 20% the cost of a new roof. So if your roof looks like it's on its last legs, you may be able to give it a little bit more time by contacting RoofMax today. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 k What's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, Colleen, calling from Richmond. What's on your mind today? See, about the uh, mail-in um, ballot, um, a question is, are the ballots that are mailed in, are they postmarked in Spokane? Well, I don't think they get postmarked, per se, because the postage is already paid. Um, but they, they get run through, and they get, uh, from here they'll go to Spokane, but they but not from everywhere. They get a code. Yeah, they get a code. And so from here, they'll go to Spokane, and then they'll come back here to the auditor's office. So you want to give it, I'd say to be safe, if you're going to mail it, give it at least four days, just, just, just out of precaution. Uh, yeah, and there is, at each stop along the way, and in this particular case for those in the Tri-City area, it gets, uh, if you put it in the mail, it gets marked from, you know, Kennewick or Pasco, wherever you drop it off, and goes outbound to Spokane. It's marked, it's scanned and marked there. Then it's shipped back here and is scanned again, and like a tracking code. So it's tracked along the way. It's just not given a, a, a postmark stamp, per se, if, if that's what you're asking about. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. If you'd uh, like to get involved with uh, this hour, that's uh, quickly coming to a close. But don't worry, we have one more hour to go on this program. Oh, without a doubt. And of course, uh, Benton County will be doing an update to their election results here in the four o'clock hour. So we will bring those to you uh, as soon as we get them, as well as some updated numbers. But uh, right now, statewide. It's about 54% voter turnout with 12,221 ballots on hand statewide to be processed. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is James in Kennewick. What's on your mind, James? So I don't understand why people think, uh, don't see the mail-in ballots as, as a fraudulent thing because it's the playbook of the, uh, the, the old Soviets, how to take over America without firing a shot. Read the Bible's first one. Second one is uh, racial divide. Third one is riots in the streets. Then the fourth uh, way is to make sure that the election process is basically people have no faith in it anymore. That's an old uh, 19th. Yeah, it is. Thanks for the call. And look, we'll, we'll talk. We'll touch a little bit more on it in the next hour. But I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not a fan of it. I don't trust it because it's so easy to manipulate. Um, if you really, really wanted to put in the effort to manipulate it, you can. You really can. Um, and you can do it with people who are not invested in the process. I'll explain when we come back in the next hour how simple it, it really could be to have a unified, organized effort to manipulate mail-in voting. Yeah, it can absolutely happen, but uh, I guess one way to get around that is to not mail it. 
you know, go and put it in a Dropbox or, I don't know, hand deliver it if you want. 